The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Key of C, please. And there is, there is a fountain. A fountain. this morning we're talking about the blood this morning we're singing about the blood this morning we're clapping because of the blood this morning we're praising this morning because of the blood we're shouting this morning because of the blood has the blood of Jesus Christ washed away all the guilty stains of your heart are you washed clean today Do you have the overshadowing presence of God 
over your life? Are you conscious of it? Last night, as I waited before the Lord, worshiping him, loving him, drawing close to him, I became so aware of the overshadowing presence of God, the holiness of God. All I could do was weep before him. That overshadowing presence is so precious to my heart. I never want to leave that overshadowing presence of Almighty God. I can't live without it. I can't walk without it. My heart is lonely when the presence of God is not with me. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. We're going to talk today about how you can have that overshadowing presence of God. What the conditions are. No, I'm... I'm the last one who should speak. For I have in my life sinned greatly against the Almighty God of heaven with overt acts of going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, taking for myself what I thought I needed, not being conscious of the presence of God or the holiness of God, going on my own wisdom and my own strength. Such sin before Almighty God. I don't want to walk that way anymore, and I will not walk that way. The Lord has been so kind to me. He's been so gracious to me. The least of his people. He's overshadowed me with his wing. He's overshadowed me with with his blood, with his mercy and his kindness. On one hand, God is so holy, he is so righteous, he is so just. And on the other hand, he's so filled with mercy and tender compassion and love for you. I spent so many years in academics seeking after knowledge. I've let that evaporate from my heart. I don't argue anymore about theology. I don't need to be right anymore about what I believe. I simply come and bear witness to you that Jesus is Lord. And I desire his overshadowing presence in my life. I'm not anti-intellectual. I just recognize that the, the tree of life is not called the tree of knowledge. The tree of life brings real understanding. It brings humility. It brings love and brotherhood. It brings intimacy with God. So let's talk about what needs to happen if you're going to experience 
this overshadowing presence of God in your life? Do you have a hunger? Do you have a hunger, a desire, an intense desire for the presence of God? The scriptures say in James, the fourth chapter, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? That's why scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. You double-minded, grieve, mourn, wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I can tell you, brother, sister, if you'll come close to God, he will come close to you. If you will come near to God, you will have an overwhelming sense of the overshadowing of the Almighty over your life. But it requires that we humble our hearts before him. It requires that we grieve and weep, mourn over the arrogance of our past sin and the hardness of our heart the stubbornness, the self-righteousness, the arrogance. I'm right, you're wrong. Such arrogance. He's saying, stop your laughter. Stop your party times. Get real with God. Some of you are very much caught up in the intellectual aspect of the gospel. But your life does not demonstrate that humility. Your life does not demonstrate the overshadowing presence of the Almighty God. I want that to change. So I'm going to be very specific with you today. I'm going to speak very clearly. So let's pray. Lord, you've given me a very specific word to speak today. And I come with great humbleness of heart before you, knowing that my words will fall on dry ground if your Holy Spirit does not come and quicken them and bring the rain and the moisture and the love of your Holy Spirit. For I know You are jealous for every man and woman, every boy and girl listening to this broadcast. You want their hearts. You want their worship. You want their love. 
Lord, would you bring that change to our hearts today? And I'm asking for that powerful overshadowing of your Holy Spirit in the words that I speak. I ask that you would move in power with healing of mind, body, and soul as I speak your words. Lord, make me a faithful, faithful watchman to speak these kind words of warning to your people. Make their ears receptive to hear and their hearts open. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. In the book of Ephesians, we call Ephesians the book of the church. It is the book that describes what the church should look like and how it should act, what its mission is. But in chapter 3, we find some very straight, startling words. Verse 10, his intent, that is God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So Paul is saying, look, there's a, there's a mystery. And the mystery is that God wants to bring everything under the lordship of Jesus, and he wants to use the church to bring about that change. And so Satan has come like a roaring lion at the church to make certain that we fail in our mission, that we cannot rightly, rightly represent the Lord God of heaven. And so he has filled the church with the throbbing music of the nightclubs, He's filled the pulpits with men who have no backbones, who will not stand up and speak about righteousness and holiness, preaching only half a gospel, only preaching the love of God and the grace of God. But God is not just love, and he is not just a God who grants us blessings. He is also the God of the commandments, the God who issues decrees. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is holy and righteous and just. And so we come to the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And I'll read this verse. It's a frightening one. Verse 17. So I tell you this, and insist on it, or literally in the Greek, I demand this. It's not open for discussion. I tell you this, and I demand it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So there has been a hardening of the heart 
of the Christians in America. There has been a darkening. There has been a a stealing of the understanding of the true gospel. And the result has been that the church today has been separated from the life of God. Now, this is why I opened the broadcast asking, do you know in your life the overshadow, the overshadowing presence of Almighty God? Do you walk day by day with the conscious awareness that God is with you, that he is intimate with you, that he loves you, that he is carrying you, and that your life is entirely in his hands and in his will. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, that is, having lost the ability to even sense when the presence of God is with them, not able to determine whether or not they're in the presence of God. And in most cases, they're not. They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. So he's describing the church today. He's describing men and women who are living as Gentiles who call themselves Christians. And they have no sense of the overshadowing presence of God because they've lost the sensitivity in the Spirit. They've lost that inner worship of God. It's been replaced by the Internet. It's been replaced with YouTube. It's been replaced by games, video games. That inner sense of the Holy Spirit has been lost because of a constant pursuit of the news and a constant giving of oneself to worldly music. And so you go to church and you find there that they have brought that throbbing, sentimental music into the church. Hillsong is a perfect example of this. And many churches have now taken up Hillsong's churches' uh, music, and they love it. But it's sentimental. It has no depth. It has no Holy Spirit. It has an emotional touch. But it's not the Holy Spirit touch. The Holy Spirit touch is always under righteousness and holiness. Turn it off. So the pastor stands in front of the congregation, whether it's online or offline, whether it's in the sanctuary or on the Internet, and he begins with a joke. He has smooth words, but no confrontation with sin, no calling to righteousness, nothing that would stir up your heart to recognize that you have lost the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And so you don't you don't understand what I'm talking about today except perhaps a long distant memory 
It's time to go back. It's time to stop living as the Gentiles live. The research done by Focus on the Family was very clear under under their leadership, saying that Christians in America spend their time the way pagans do. They spend their money the same as the others, the worldly people do. They go on the same vacations. They, they have the same goals. How's that possible? It's because they're living as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Their understanding has been darkened, and if you're in this condition, your understanding was darkened because you began to feast on the things of the world. You began to feast on the professional sports. People have said to me, come on, Pastor. You're saying it's wrong to go to a a football game or to watch a football game on television? Yes, I'm telling you that if you want the overshadowing presence of God, you will not be able to participate in the professional sports world. The NBA. You won't be able to participate in NASCAR. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about not living like the Gentiles. I'm talking about turning off the entertainment of our day. Now, there are many things you can do for recreation that will enhance your walk with Jesus. Simple things like kayaking, even biking, hiking. There are many things that enhance the body's health. Bird watching. Many different kinds of things that you can do that do not pertain to darkness or evil. Professional sports are evil. And the people who play them, for the most part, are evil. And if you want the overshadowing presence of God, you're going to have to stop living like the Gentiles live. And you're going to have to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ where you are so jealous for his presence in your heart and in your life that you will not participate in the filthy things of this world. You're not going to go to the nightclubs. You're not going to go to the pornography. You're not going to fornicate. You're not going to look at women and lust after them or look at men and lust after them. There are things you just cannot do because it's the things the wicked of the world do. These are the things that darken your understanding. These are the things that that separate you from the life of God. These are the things that harden your heart against the presence of God. I have a very simple rule. I will not go where I don't think Jesus would go. I don't do what I don't think Jesus would do if he were here. There was a a beautiful stone stadium in Jerusalem. 
Never once in the Gospels do I read about Peter saying to the other disciples, hey, look, let's ask Jesus for a night off. Let's go see the show over at the arena. No. They had no interest in it. They had no interest in the unclean jokes. They had no interest in the demonstrations of pride and lust, of violence. They had no interest. And if that's your heart, and those are the things you're interested in, and you're interested in all of the sports, and you're interested in... You will be dead to the Holy Spirit. And you will not even recognize, if you had the presence of the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't recognize it. But I can tell you now, you won't have his presence. You lose your sensitivity as you indulge in every kind of impurity with a lust for more. You lose that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. As you stop doing these things, as you cut off your internet game playing, as you cut off the Game Boy, as you stop watching the television, all of it, as you turn off hours spent on the internet, as you turn away from the nightclub, as you turn away from the worldly music, even if it has sentimental Christian words, it's still worldly music. As you leave these things behind, God begins to bring such a sensitivity in your heart for the things of God. Where am I the happiest? I'm the happiest doing two things. Talking with others like I'm doing now about Jesus. And secondly, I'm happy when I am sitting alone in my prayer closet. When I can fellowship with my Lord where I can sit in his presence and just enjoy him because I want to spend eternity with him. Now, I enjoy being with fellow Christians, but not just to be with fellow Christians. I enjoy being with fellow Christians when we can sing songs of praise to Jesus, when we can worship him together when we can talk about the longings of our heart. As I have read to you the book on, number, on num- numerous occasions, Pilgrim's Progress, their conversation between themselves was always about the Lord, about the journey. I love to begin talking with a brother or sister and ask, What progress have you made this week in your prayer life? Has Jesus said anything to you? Has he given you a rhema, a living word for you, 
I love asking people, are you clean with Jesus today? Is there anything between you and Jesus that's blocking the way? Is there anything I can pray for you about? I'm exhausted by worldly conversation. I'm exhausted by chit-chat. I don't have time for it. I don't have time for the intellectual pursuit of ideas and theologies that are divorced from the presence, the overshadowing presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm learning to be very sensitive about when anything I begin to do or say causes the Holy Spirit to become grieved and begin to withdraw from me. I don't want the Holy Spirit to withdraw. I want him to keep coming closer and closer and closer. I want to be in the glorious presence of my Lord. My heart cries for his presence. Verse 20, this is Ephesians 4.20. You did not come to know Christ that way. That is by involving yourself in what I've been talking about as the way of the world. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with your regard with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self. What is your old self? It's lust for the world. It's anger. It's pride. It's ambition. It's trying to demonstrate that you are somebody and people should treat you a certain way and you should have a certain respect shown to you. I hear husbands say, my wife doesn't respect me. Well, mister, start acting in a way that is holy and your wife will finally come to respect you. Give up your bullying tactics. Give up your loud shouts of disapproval. Give up your ego, your arrogance. Humble your heart before God and before your wife. And then perhaps your wife will begin to respect you. He says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each one of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we're all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. He who is stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his hands that he may have something to share with those in need. 
Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I met with a group of men from another church for a men's dinner. I found that they delighted in telling off-color jokes. That they would send these off-color jokes to each other on the internet and then they would come and laugh and talk about them. They were grieving the Holy Spirit. They were being common. They were being like the world. They were being like the Gentiles. And they had grieved the Holy Spirit, so there was no sensitivity of even the Spirit's presence being at the table with us as we ate. I would leave deeply grieved. Verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. If you do not sense the overshadowing presence of God in your life, it's because you have acted wickedly and you have grieved the Holy Spirit from you. Pastor, how have I grieved the Holy Spirit? By doing the things I've just been describing. Lusting after the things of darkness. Spending hours doing that which is foolish, empty, of darkness. Drinking in the professional sports and the violence of the media. Pursuing the games. Please understand, I'm not against you. God is not against you. I don't say these things to be hard. I say these things to you that if you want the presence of God in your life, if you want to be consciously aware of the overshadowing presence of God, then these things must go. You must confess your fear to God and confess that all fear comes out of unbelief. You must get rid of all, this is verse 31, you must get rid of all bitterness, all rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Do you hear me? If you want to have that sense, the awareness, the sensitivity, where you can tell that the overshadowing wing of the Holy Spirit is there, then fear has to go. It has to be repented of. Bitterness has to be cast out of our heart. We can't do it, but we can go to Jesus and honestly confess. I was listening to another man preach. And I found jealousy was rising up in my heart. I immediately turned away and said, Lord, 
There's a poison weed that's beginning to grow up in my heart, and I hate it. And I'm now asking you to utterly remove all jealousy from my heart. For I know that the root of that jealousy goes down into a belief that somehow you haven't treated me fairly and that I have not received from you what you promised me. And I'm jealous of another man who has received more than I have. Lord, forgive me. Would you remove this plant from my life? Would you jerk it out by the roots? Lord, I hate it. I detest it. I will not walk in jealousy. And immediately the Lord removed it from my heart. And I was then free to begin to praise God for this pastor's message. I was free to begin to thank him for the glorious work God is doing in this man's heart. I could thank the Lord in purity and holiness. And the presence of God didn't leave me. Now, if I'd held on to that jealousy, if I'd begun to speak negatively about this pastor in my heart, I would have grieved the Holy Spirit of God from me, and I would have lost my sensitivity to the Spirit. Every word of criticism that comes out of my mouth grieves the Holy Spirit. If that criticism comes out of my own empty heart, out of my own jealousy. I will lose all sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, chapter 5, verse 1, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity or foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Don't align yourself with the powers of darkness. You align yourself with the powers of darkness by participating in the casual things of darkness that the world thinks nothing of. Pick up a science fiction novel and begin to read. Or pick up any kind of novel. You know what the word novel means? It means lie. 
pick up a lie and begin to read it and enjoy it, salivate over it. And you will grieve the Holy Spirit of God from your heart. And you will lose your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, pastor. You're being puritanical. No. I'm being real about what I've learned. Grieves the Holy Spirit of God from my heart. And I don't want you to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I want you to have a backbone. I want you to stand up and say, I'm a Christian. And I don't walk in the ways of the world. I don't walk in the ways of darkness. I don't speak the foolishness of the world. I am about Jesus. I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have time to stop. I don't even have an interest in stopping to play with the devil along the way. I want Jesus. Verse 8, for you were once darkness. I was once darkness. And I did not experience the overshadowing presence of God. The most precious gift God has given me is the gift of salvation. But with that gift of salvation has also come a conscious awareness of the overshadowing presence of God. If you don't have that sense of the overshadowing presence of God, if God is not with you experientially in reality, then don't claim that you're saved or that you're a Christian. This presence of God comes by no longer acting as the Gentiles and the world act. It comes as we put away our sin. We must no longer live or act as the non-Christians do. There must be a clear, discernible difference between your behavior and the behavior of the world. You will no longer give yourself utterly over. There's nothing wrong with biking, but what if biking becomes your passion, then you become an idolater. There's nothing wrong with kayaking, but what if kayaking becomes your obsession? You're always reading about it. You're always searching the internet. You're always concerned. Your thoughts return over and over. You're obsessed with it. You're worshiping it. You're committing idolatry. Or say your passion is fishing. Jesus didn't tell the disciples that fishing was idolatry. But I can tell you what. After they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, there's no record of their ever returning to their fishing boats. Now, they may have on occasion fished for a meal, but it was not their obsession. They didn't do it to satisfy some lust in their heart. You know whether what you're doing is a lust in your heart, and you know whether it is the idolatry of your spirit. 
It could be collecting something. It could be stacking silver or gold. It could be any number of things. The Holy Spirit will tell you, and he'll call you out. You were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. If what you are doing does not come out of goodness and righteousness and truth, stop doing it. Turn it off. Don't get in the car and just automatically turn on the radio. Don't do it. You will grieve the Holy Spirit from your heart. You will harden your heart. You will lose all sensitivity. Find out what pleases the Lord. That's what the scripture says in the 10th verse of the 5th chapter of Ephesians. Find out what pleases the Lord. I'm trying to talk to you today about what pleases Jesus and what will bring such a powerful conscious awareness of his presence for you that you could dwell under the wing of the Almighty. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I'm doing today. Some of you are not comfortable with what I'm doing. You may have already turned the radio off. Fruitless deeds of darkness are those things that take your time and attention, but do not draw you to Jesus. Do not build love between you and your wife or your husband or your children, but rather drain you of energy and draw you away from the heart of God. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it says, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Tyndall in his... Bible translates it this way. Stand up from death, and Christ shall give you light. If you want the presence of God in your life, if you want the awareness of dwelling under the overshadowing wing of God, then you must wake up. And you must turn off the things of the world and the things of the flesh. And you must repent of these things. You must confess them honestly before Almighty God. You must humble your heart. You must be careful how you live. You must be wise. You must make the most of every opportunity to find out what pleases the Lord. You must search the scriptures. Tell you what I'm currently doing. I'm currently reading the Gospels of Jesus as I sit in the presence of the Lord. And I'm asking him very specifically 
to show me in the Gospels of Jesus those things which will please Jesus. What did Jesus give his approval to? And what did Jesus say, don't do that anymore? What are the things that please Jesus? What are the behaviors and the attitudes that please Jesus? Because those are the things that will allow the Holy Spirit to come in power and hover over your life. Now, we're almost running out of time today, but I just sense that I need to pray for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come with a very real awareness that your presence is in this studio, that I am dwelling under the shadow of the Most High, that your presence is here. And Lord, I come I come asking for my brother and my sister for a great outpouring of your presence. Jesus, I come pleading with you to expose everything that is corrupt or of darkness in my brother's and sister's heart. Jesus, I ask that you would give them a strong backbone, that you would seal in their hearts an absolute desire to please you. Lord, don't let them just blow off what I've said today. Don't let them just blow off the scriptures, for everything I've said came straight out of Ephesians. Lord, give them a taste of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you today for those men and women listening to this broadcast who know exactly what I'm talking about. They dwell in your presence. And they know day by day that they are under the overshadowing wing of Almighty God. That they are walking clean and humbly before you. And they desire a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, there are some who walk in such fear Would you remove that fear from their hearts? Would you set them free? And there are those today who don't know which way to turn. Oh, Lord, would you speak with them and tell them to turn to you, that you are the bread and the wine, that you are the answer to every problem in life, that you are the answer, not the the job, not the wife or the husband. Lord, you're the answer. And I'm asking now, Lord, for a great sensitivity to be poured out upon the hearts of each one listening, that they would know if they're walking in wickedness before you, that you would expose every point of corruption, every point of sin, every point of pride and arrogance and bitterness and anger. Would you point it out? Would you humble their hearts and cause them to turn from this darkness? 
I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to continue praying for you after I go off air for a great outpouring of the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit in your heart so that if he's been grieved from you, you'll have a clear understanding of what caused that grieving and you'll repent. We need the coming of the Holy Spirit in a third great awakening in America. It begins with our individually seeking the face of Jesus. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I'm so grateful to those of you who are sharing in the burden of carrying this ministry. I know you're being richly blessed because of your gifts to Jesus, your offerings before the Lord. Would you write to me? You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Go to the very top of the menu area, and on the far right-hand side, you'll see a button a place that says donate, click on that. It will open another window for you at tithe.ly where you can give directly to the National Prayer Chapel. And soon we're going to have it set up so that you can go on your iPhone or your Android and you can just text a donation, easy and simple. This ministry, it needs your support and your prayers. Please, please pray for me. God bless you, my brother and sister. I love you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Green. To the